Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Podcast. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today I am lucky to be joined by Ward Christman. Ward is founder at HR Tech Advisor. Ward has over 25 years experience in HR technology and services with special expertise in employee referral, ATS solutions and job marketing. Ward has helped create dozens of successful partnerships between HR tech companies. At HR Tech Advisor, Ward and his team work with a number of HR tech industry thought leaders to offer a global portal specifically for those involved in alliances and partnerships in the HR tech industry. Ward, welcome to the HR Chat podcast. Thank you, Bill. Thrilled to be here and thrilled to uh, share a little bit of what I can share and offer to the industry and to those listeners. Uh, just a brief background on myself. Um, actually, a trained engineer. Spent um, five years building nuclear power plants and plutonium factories and some pretty interesting things, but got bit by the technology bug and kind of stumbled into HR. And uh, back in the early 90s, decided to launch one of the first job boards, actually before the web was even commercialized. It was a dial-up system. So ever since 1992, when that went live with, if anybody remembers, dial-up modems, uh, it's been 25 years now, I guess, uh, helping take technology out to the HR industry and over the years worked for lots of great companies uh, like Bullhorn and Lawson and HR Smart and uh, built a number of them either directly or indirectly in different roles and um, been quite a career and I, I just am nuts about the industry, love it and some of the big success I've had was building partnerships between the different suppliers out there to deliver more value to the, the end user customer. So it's it's been a great run. We're excited about where we're at now and certainly look forward to sharing more about that during the interview. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much. Um, can you can you provide a bit of an overview of, of HR Tech Advisor, uh, what it does and how it does it? <laughs> sure can. HR Tech Advisor is a boutique consulting firm that over the past three years has been helping different HR technology companies do a better job of growing their business, mainly through the indirect sales channel, which is loosely uh, co covered by uh, the likes of partnerships, alliances, and collaboration in the industry and driving sales you know, with and through partners. So we've been doing that for the past three years. In, in parallel, we've been building the blueprints and, and now um, trying to finalize the construction of a, a platform which will be more of a self-service platform for HR tech companies to discover new partners and to manage the partners that they have. Now let's let's look more at you and specifically at your role. Uh, what does an average work week look like for you, Ward? And uh, can you name two or three things that you most love about your job? Well, the thing I love is any other entrepreneur listening knows you know we get to pick which half of the day we would like to work so we only have to work half days um, mine usually runs from about um, 8 a.m till about well my half day runs longer than most maybe 10 or 11 at night <laughs> but i just <laughs> take some breaks in the, the middle but you know the typical week is um, collaborating with clients some of the hr tech 
vendor executives who are um, again looking to to expand their their sales through partnerships and alliances and helping them through our consulting and concierge business, um, working with uh, some of the um, folks at HR Tech Advisor, like co-founder Larry Cummings, and uh, we've got a new team member, Steve Lamada, has joined to help uh, other companies do more or have more success with partnerships out there. And uh, also, of course, having different calls with potential customers or clients, also partners of our own that we work with as we're building out the portal solution for the industry as well. So it's it's a pretty packed week, but uh, it's, it's always enjoyable and always something exciting to wake up for. So your your role is, um, is very much a biz dev focused role by the sounds of it. I'd be interested to hear how, what, what, what the process is in terms of how you go about uh, identifying potential prospects, uh, the, the right sort of vendors in, in the HR tech space, and, and, and what types of communication do you use to, to firstly engage with them? Is, is it through content sharing? Is it through social selling? Is it good old-fashioned picking up the phone? Well, um, in the biz dev role, uh, there's two parts or two hats I wear. One is when we're trying to bring on new clients that we want to help from, through our consulting practice, right? And that tends to be just under trying to understand, you know, what they're looking to accomplish. And if they choose to hire us, we typically go through a um, couple different phases of an assessment, if you will, like a SWOT analysis, things like that, to really understand where are they strong and weak and what are the opportunities and threats that they need to be concerned about and so forth. And help go through that exercise so that we know them better, they know themselves better, and then we come together, we come together and create a, a plan on how to grow their business through partnerships. And that partner plan is then our, our guide to collaborate with them as we help go out and find more partners for them or sometimes replace the ones they have or, or at least gives them some pointers around how to improve their current partnerships. And unfortunately, in our industry, HR Tech, it's a very high failure rate in terms of partnerships. And there's a whole bunch of reasons to that. I don't know if we have time to go into that today, but um, fortunately we're partners with ASAP, the Association of Strategic Alliance Professionals. And they've basically written the book and have certification around how do you do a great job of creating and managing your partnerships and alliances. And we're um, you know, looking to really take a page from their book, if you will, of best practices and helping our industry do a much better job of being successful with those kind of initiatives. Okay, so let, let's just hone down on that for a moment. We, we don't have as long today as, as I would like to, to spend on this particular topic, but in the context of how you uh, help facilitate discussions and collaboration between vendors, what, what are some of those challenges? What, why, why do many of these partnerships fail? But also, what, what are the benefits when, 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 it, when they get it right? Yeah, the benefits are huge, obviously, besides just additional sales and market share. There's the benefit of delivering more value to the customer. Uh, we use a term called alliance math, which means one plus one equals three. So you take two solutions that independently might be pretty good, but you put them together. Now you have more, uh, I guess the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts is a different way of looking at it. And if it's done right, it can be 
really a great thing for the the customers and it can be certainly great for the the two vendors so the the tricky part is two things there's um you know there's really needs to be a fit both on the technology side of those two solutions working together and collaborating but also on a cultural fit side and you know that's something that um you know if you look at a lot of the online dating sites today for you know love and potential marriage collaboration and um a, a fit is not easy to discover but it can be done and it's better to do that than uh, uh one of the reasons there's a high failure rate in our industry is a lot of the partnerships come out of people meeting up at a conference maybe they met at the bar they're talking and next thing you know after a few drinks they're saying hey we're calling on the same customers we should partner and you know they send out a press release and nothing happens and they, they're not sure what happened so um, we're, we're bringing more structure more order more sophistication to uh, the vetting process and and the matchmaking process if you will not only through our consulting practice but we're embedding those elements into the platform so when somebody goes there they can better discover somebody that might be a good fit right on the surface um, before they get too far in the discussions and uh, end up with a, a wrong partner. So would you say that the, the one of the main reasons why partnerships often do fail then is because there's not that strategy and uh, that that way to ensure the continuation of efforts beyond that first press release? There's there's not the, the necessary internal buy-in perhaps from the C-level at companies sometimes for, for, for these contra deals, cross-marketing deals, whatever, whatever they look like? it does take a, a village to make it work and then that it is a challenge um, in our industry there's very little sales that goes through the indirect channel most of it's done direct and maybe as little as 20 percent in other industries like pharmaceutical and some others it's more like 80 percent of sales are through partners and channels and so forth and some of it's just related to the way the world works and our industry is a little different but it can certainly be improved tremendously. Uh, there are some providers in our space I know that are, are doing 60% of their sales is through partnerships. So it can be done, and uh, you know we're we're committed to help improve that. But yeah, you're right. It takes internal commitment and collaboration, and within the vendor as well. So if let's say two partners want to go to the same show together and um, collaborate on their you know as a kind of a co-marketing effort. Or maybe do you know a webinar together? Those things need you know coordination. They need uh, support of the marketing team, not only sales but also quite often the executives. And a lot of times they also need some funding, right? And uh, we rarely see that. Uh, so it's it's these are difficult barriers, but this, these we're up for the challenge. <laughs> we we've got uh, some great recipes for success. We're anxious to take them out to market and uh, looking forward to to hearing more about the successes instead of the failures that are out there. What, what different types of partnerships do you help facilitate and develop? There's uh, at least four or five uh, key types of partnerships. Uh, the most popular and the ones most people think about are referral partnerships. And that typically goes like this. Hey, guys, uh, now that we're partners, uh, send me your leads. You know, send me introductions. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to your customers, and you know, it's it's very one-sided, and that's one reason there's some failure ships. So, two two-way partnerships are ideal, uh, whether it be referral or other types. Um, so, the other type would be uh, like a white label type partnership, where if if I'm creating a certain type of technology, 
the our partner would essentially sell it to their customers and prospects under their brand and there would be a revenue share behind the scenes and typically the the white labeled partner would also service and supply the the technology um, you know one example for many years uh, you know monster had been offering an applicant tracking system out to the market and they did that in partnership with hr smart uh, worked there for a number of years and uh, overall it was very successful and you know frankly the the, the consumers the the buyers didn't care necessarily, you know, what it was called. They just wanted to make sure it worked. They bought, they wanted to buy from somebody they knew and trusted. And uh, even though Monster called it a different product under the hood, it was essentially the, you know, the technology for HR Smart. So that was a great example, and uh, you know, of how um, different organizations can either white label. That's the second type. Uh, other types would be uh, joint alliance or um, you know, partnership where there's very in-depth uh, integration and both on the technology as well as, you know, their sales process where they might go in and co-sell together. So a joint venture type solution. Uh, don't see very many of those in our, our market. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, there's the acquisition side of things too, where uh, there's uh, go-to-market together type uh, partnerships at some point the group is planning to either acquire the other vendor or uh, or a merger or something like that and you know so those those can be successful too it's you know i put it it's better to date first before you get married <laughs> and most would agree with that but there's uh, pretty big names in our space that uh, if it looks good on paper they buy them and hope for the best and we're hoping to change that too because i think that's uh, that that's a recipe that's um, but can be improved on. So that's one of the examples. Thank you. G generally, do you feel that the HR tech industry is lagging behind other sectors when it comes to vendor collaboration and cross-marketing efforts? Yes. Unfortunately, it seems to be very well understood that um, and we lag many other industries, particularly fintech or financial technologies. Matter of fact, one of our advisors spends a lot of time uh, working in the fintech industry, and he says anytime he needs good ideas for HR tech, he looks at fintech, and chances are they've already done something two, three years ago. Um, and I've seen the same thing as well. So uh, the the short of it is there's tons of great technology here, and it is a different type of industry. So what may work well in financial industry or in pharmaceuticals may not work in our industry without at least some adaptation. But um, in terms of lagging, I think it might actually be a good thing so we can learn from other industries. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen much. And that's something else, as I mentioned, we're looking to, to bring through the platform we're building to help people understand what best practices are in general, and then also look to other industries and say, you know what, let's try that. It looks like it's been working well in pharma, for example. Let's try the nature tech and see how it goes. Now let's look at it from a, a geographical perspective, perhaps, because uh, the HR Gazette's audience is uh, here in North America, but also in, in Europe and Australia and other places. So in your experience, um, specifically looking at HR tech in North America compared to the rest of the world, um, how does it stack up when it comes to collaboration between vendors? You know, there's a lot of, if it's not built here, kind of attitude that does challenge, I think, a lot of at least U.S.-based uh, companies. 
you know they they want to invent it and you know build it if you will um however thank goodness uh, there seems to be a groundswell movement towards more partnerships and collaboration on the technology front with open apis and some of these vendor marketplaces things like that there's a lot more visibility into how can we get our platforms to work and frankly the buyers are demanding it uh and in north america i think there's there's definitely uh a lot of collaboration amongst ourselves. What we're not seeing much is a global collaboration. And part of that is uh, a lot of the tech built in North America tends to be very focused and built from the ground up on, you know, U.S. type laws and regulations, um, English, you know, as a first language. And, and that's all well and good. But um, I've seen a lot of different tech companies trying to go to, to other parts of the world and retrofitting their tech to become uh, more global and uh, local at the same time, or global, I think is one of the, the terms, is difficult because they didn't architect it that way. And that's that's unfortunate. Um, sometimes in the past when I've advised the buyers or the HR folks, uh, if they had a global footprint and that was really top priority to accommodate the, the needs of global folks, I suggested they look at European type technologies, which on average might lag HR tech in certain ways uh, from the US. But in some things that are important, again, like languages and localization and being able to accommodate different, you know, even cultural type aspects, it seems like European companies, because they're more uh, built from the ground up to accommodate those kind of needs, are a lot more able a lot better able to service the needs of, of global companies. So that's some of the key differences I've seen between North America and the rest of the world. You often talk, Ward, about the three Ds, dilemma, deal, and data. T tell us about this. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a, a phrase or term that um, Larry had um, been using when we met a number of years ago and and it's really resonated with me and what what we've seen is the dilemma of course is what's the customer's problem what's their issue and without a problem you can't get people to buy your technology so uh you know one of the three things that need to happen to to get a deal if you will and that's where we come in is having the, the vendors collaborate and work together on a deal. And if there is a dilemma out there, discovering what that is and then creating what the deal looks like and you know providing solutions. In many cases, it's more than one HR technology company that has to come to the table to really solve the dilemma. And then the last piece of the puzzle, which is still a challenge out there, is the data. Customers don't want to do double entry. They don't want to have different logins and different systems so bringing it together and allowing the data to flow between the systems is is challenging it's been one of the top reasons why hr people change vendors because their systems aren't talking to each other and the promise of that happening with the new vendor is uh, quite a enticing siren song and it does cause them to shop and typically procure a new solution. So partnering is, is huge um, to address the dilemmas. Uh, our plans with the platform is to help make the deals easier to 
to find and discover and to, to collaborate on and work on together. And and then the data part that still remains unsolved. There's some providers out there that are trying to help better provide the plumbing. That's that's going to be probably, hopefully, one of the, the big things coming up. So HR Tech Advisor helps with the dilemma of build, buy, or partner. Talk us through a few scenarios where each approach is best. How can an ambitious vendor potentially integrate all three in the build and development of, of their tools and services. Yeah, in this case, the dilemma is, is the HR technology executive that's uh, running the company and going, okay, our customers are asking for this new capability. We don't have it. Um, it can keep them happier to win more business. We need to either build it, we need to buy it, meaning white label or acquire a company if we have the capacity or um, partner, find a partner has what they need let's work out a deal let's deliver it to our customer and split the profits and so forth and you know that's typically our recommendation is you know partner first uh, versus uh, building because building can be very expensive it can take a long time you might even miss the opportunity that's out there like right now you know ai is supposedly so hot and you know that's you know last year i think engage was the buzzword or engagement or whatever and you know instead of uh, just rebranding your marketing and saying oh yeah we're an engagement company now <laughs> you know it might be better to actually have some of the tools that deliver on that so again do you build do you buy or do you partner we we recommend certainly looking at companies that have kind of nailed it and partner with them first and then when it makes sense you know take a another look at whether you decide to then bring it in-house and build it, or um, perhaps there's a way to, to buy it or to white label and so forth. Um, but in integrating that into, you know, our uh, our offering, whether it be on the consulting side or on the, the platform side, is, is key to helping the vendors grow successfully without making very expensive mistakes. Well, you and I first met in person at uh, Sherm in DC in June 2016. And uh, you, you were super busy, you're, you're, you seem to be everywhere, all of the, all of the networking events and uh, you know, on the exhibit hall and so on and so forth. I'd love to know a little bit about uh, what your role is uh, at the big conferences. Uh, they, they must be a, a very busy and very important um, time within your calendar what are the some some of the key events each year that you attend and uh, what do you get up to the in-person events are terrific and you know everybody loves the opportunity to meet people not only in person but it it helps from partnership standpoint it's so important because having that facetime you know eye to eye contact you know the handshakes and all that really do help in determining whether the partnership's right, so it does speed things up. Um, we've been fortunate and have had some some good partnerships like with TA Tech and some other groups that um, recognize how important it is for the vendors to meet up with each other at these shows, not just to put up a booth and, and hope a buyer comes by to buy their service, but also to, again, collaborate and introduce their customers to each other and so forth, and that's what partnership's all about. Uh, so we go to between you know our core team and and some of our partners we go to 30 or 40 events a year globally most in north america but um we're we're definitely hitting a lot more global conferences and some of those uh, we're actually running speed networking events either during the conference or, or um, just prior or perhaps even after 
where the vendors can connect and explore partnering in a much more efficient, effective way than uh, having to interrupt each other on the trade show floor when perhaps they're trying to do the direct selling. So a uh, big part of what we do at these events is helping the vendors connect. Um, some of our you know, consulting companies, or, or consulting clients that can't make these events due to conflicts or travel requirements, sometimes will carry their card and, and help uh, make those initial introductions and discovery sessions in person instead of trying to track them down you know on the phone or online and that kind of thing and that does really make for a more effective way to to do some of that initial vetting which is so important to see is there going to be a fit here and you know we try to help them with that at these events and it's been very very successful particularly the the speed networking events that have occurred out there the, you know, 99% of the suppliers have been thrilled with it and are anxiously awaiting news as to when the rest of our, uh, when we're going to be supporting those kind of activities at different events. So we do publish website, uh, a calendar where you can see where we're going to be and the events that we endorse and which ones have uh, partnering events planned as well at them. So it's someplace that you can go and look see what's going on okay thank you very much we're just about out of time for today i'd love to get you on again and uh, do a deeper dive and talk about uh, vendor to vendor networking and get more into uh, questions around uh, particularly cool technologies happening uh, in 2017 but until that time uh, just just to finally wrap up here how, how can our listeners learn more about you ward well, best way to learn is to rewind and re-listen to this podcast. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, just in case you missed some tidbits or nuggets. But um, no, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's been great. And uh, certainly, you know, visit HRTechAdvisor. That's O-R, advisor.com. And uh, you'll see links to the different events we talked about, um, blog articles to learn more about alliances and partnerships and we've got a uh, great youtube channel with dozens of people talking about uh, hr tech vendors talking about their needs and interests around partnerships and alliances and what they look for and what's been successful for them so uh you know learn from each other that's that's our mission really to help the vendors connect with each other learn from each other uh, learn from us share with each other and, and connect and collaborate uh, so that's also a great place to learn more about hrtechalliances.com that we're going to be launching uh, this month in partnership with hr.com. So we're excited about some of our partnerships as well. And uh, look forward to seeing everybody hopefully on that portal and see what we can do to help you collaborate with your partners. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Ward. Well, that takes us right to the end of this particular show. Um, so that just leaves me to say, listeners, thank you very much for uh, tuning in again. I've been your host, Bill Bannum. This has been the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette.